Okay. Hello and welcome to this podcast is rigged with JW Riggs. I am your host, JW Riggs. I have an amazing guest today, one of my favorite comedians of all time. He's hilarious. Uh, you've probably seen some of his stuff. He also has a dry bar special. So, Mr. Bob Smiley, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, but I'm going to jump in and correct you on uh, one thing. I have two dry bar comedy specials. Okay. So, I thanks th- for being a fan, <laughs> which you evidently are not. Um, and second of all, let's just start with that introduction because, I mean, we're friends now. I'm practically <laughs> co-host of this podcast. I've been on this my third time. So, one of your favorite comedians? Well... Oh, Let's talk about the one of part. I would say you're okay. So one of my two... no 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 JW. It's time to commit. Are we doing this? <laughs> we're we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. I I count two. I really count two people as my favorite comedians. So that would be you and Louis Anderson. So ooh. Have we talked about Louis Anderson on this, on the podcast? last No. Two episodes? We okay, because he, he was one of the first comics that I ever saw on TV. And he was on Johnny Carson, and he walked out, and he looked so comfortable. And I was like, okay, I want to see what this guy does. And he took out his uh, handkerchief, and he was like, you know, sorry uh, that I'm sweating, but if I don't, I'll explode. <laughs> and the crowd went nuts and he and he he's you know obviously like was really overweight and he uh so he started in and i this is how good he was i remember his jokes he said uh being overweight is terrible when you go over to somebody else's house because they always uh make special accommodations you know they're like oh hey louie why don't you sit in this reinforced lawn chair or try out this concrete sofa? And then he goes, but do what I do. Head straight for that wicker. <laughs> and my dad and I were sitting on the couch and we were dying laughing. Like we were laughing so hard. And that was my introduction to Louie Anderson. And for the most part, like he kept his show clean. Mm-hmm. And so I, I followed him, you know, throughout his, his whole career really. And um, so, yeah, okay. That's a, that's a, a good category to be listed in with uh, Louis Anderson. So I, I'll accept that. Okay, good, good. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. Um, now, uh, last month, I, uh, I actually saw you in concert at Freed Hardman's uh, Horizons. So that was, that was a blast. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so how did you enjoy that? It was good. Uh, it was a huge crowd. And, you know, it was it was all teenagers and so it's electrifying it's funny because a lot of my friends that are comedians are petrified of performing in front of teenagers like they they want to do it when i first started i was getting you know i i just finished a tour with the newsboys and so all these youth leaders were booking me and i was so grateful because you know i wasn't a name and you know we didn't the internet was just being you know built so nobody really knew how to use it and so it was really hard to get my name out there and, you know, get shows and stuff. And all these youth leaders saw me and they like, just, they looked at their youth group that they brought to the newsboys show. And they were like, wow, these kids are laughing. And so for about three or four years, all the shows I did was for youth groups. And I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out why I was getting so many shows 
for youth groups. And then later when I became friends with a lot of comedians, they were like, yeah, we, we don't do youth groups. They, they, you know, terrify us and stuff. And so I've always just really liked it. Cause if you can get them laughing, they're with you, man. They're, they're your best, you know, allies in a comedy show and they're they're they'll follow you on any story or anything. And so that was a, I mean, it was a huge group. I forget how many people were there. Cause I was mainly just focusing on you cause you yeah. weren't laughing. I was, just I was, <laughs> I was laughing. I, was, I saw you laugh those three times. That was, that was great. It was really made me feel good. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a blast. I've been there many times before. Uh, they the staff is phenomenal. They put on an incredible camp, uh, probably the greatest camp that I've ever been to. If they're listening right now, mm-hmm. Matt Cook, are you listening? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Future That's professor. There. He's also one of my future professors. So <laughs> Ooh, nah, yeah, you definitely need to be kissing up, staying a permanent pucker. Yeah. <laughs> But no, they're they're phenomenal. They're they're really cool. It was funny because that show, I was in the middle of kind of a tour. And so I flew out, drove, I, I flew to Memphis, drove to that show, which was like, I think like two hours or something. Yeah, about two Did hours. Did the show at nine o'clock that night. But then I had to fly back to Houston and immediately drive to Austin because I was doing a homeschool convention. And so I had to land in Houston and immediately drive to um, Austin to do my first set there. So there was no reason to get a hotel in Memphis at night because my show was at nine and then I had a two hour drive. So I was just going to stay up all night, try to sleep on the plane. And so I told them at, at uh, Horizons and they were like, well, we can, we can get you a room where you can come in and crash when you get here. And so they put me in a room. It felt like I was, they, they had a, it was like a hospital bed. It was like a plastic uh, mattress and <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it was really great. So I, I definitely remember that. I got fond memories of at least being able to catch a couple hours of sleep before doing the show. Oh yeah. It, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think this is, yeah, that was the second time that I was able to see you in concert. So first time was at Horizons in 2016. Mm-hmm. So. so we've got a tradition going so yeah. what every four years pretty much every five years i don't know six years i got in comedy so i wouldn't have to do math right so. right yeah i'm 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 going into ministry but and but i'm still gonna probably have to do math counting kids making sure i don't lose them so yeah, that, that's an important part of yeah. uh, ministry <laughs> um well, uh, I'm going to double major in Bible and communications. I want to be a preacher. I also want to work in radio. So That's a great thing about you growing up in this time period is you you can obviously do both. And really, like they go hand in hand now. You really know, with do. Podcasts and interviews and social media and YouTube clips and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you there's so many different ways to get the message out. You know, I, I did this joke at the show that night where I said, you know, I'm on it. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. If you're a center, I'm on TikTok. you know? And I said that because TikTok, when it first came out, it had a really bad reputation of just being a bunch of debauchery and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't get on it for a long time. And then some of my comedian friends were like, yeah, you really got to get on it. There's, there's a whole bunch of uh, people on there. And so I downloaded the app, 
signed up and I was like, if I see anything bad, I'm deleting this immediately. And I got on and, you know, I put in my profile. So it started showing me videos that were interesting, you know, supposedly to my profile. And it was all these like one minute sermons. And some of the best sermons I've ever heard was on a one minute TikTok video. And so definitely going into both of those majors is a, is a good move because there's there's a lot of ways to, to get the message out. Thank you. Oh, most definitely. I, I realized I have really realized that because I should try to utilize this podcast for that as well. I'm like, why not? I mean, I have it, so I might as well utilize it to that. So, um, sorry, right now I kind of look like an angel with the light behind me. So, <laughs> no, it's not what I was thinking, but go ahead. It's oh. good to keep it positive. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I know you well enough. I can rag yeah. on you a little bit. Yes. I like it. I really like it. So, um, let's talk about the, the average boy, uh, podcast. How is that going? It is continuing to do great. Like we families are, when we first put it out, we didn't know if families would listen to a a short podcast with their kids, but we made it about 20 minutes long each episode so that they would, you know, we, our idea was listen to it on the way to church or listen to it on the way to the grocery store or on to school. It's a great, you know, let your kids laugh and hear these stories, but then also have encouraging things within it. Um, and so we made it short so that maybe you could listen to it on the way to school and it would, you know, send the kid out to school, you know, with a a kind of a positive mental frame going on. And we were pleasantly surprised how many families started listening to it. And the podcast just keeps growing and growing. And then during the pandemic, I put out the third average boy book, um, average boys above average year, which I know you've read. I've read the first one. (laughs) <laughs> come on man you're too behind you're too I, behind i'm too behind i i don't know if i necessarily i guess i would fit the age range i mean I'll, I'll still read it but there's not a lot of big words in there so i think you'll do good mm-hmm. um no it's a uh, so the third book came out i wrote it during the quarantine and uh it actually hit number one on amazon pre-sales for religious category of a book, even though it's just a comedy book. Um, It's not a devotion book like the other two. It's just a whole year of funny stories, average boy going to a new school and trying to make new friends and dealing with uh, these three kids that were bullies and stuff. Um, So it's just a funny book. It's not like a devotion book, but there's a lot of, you know, spiritual encouragement and stuff throughout it. And so it hit number one. And so when the book came out it really doubled our listeners on the podcast on the official average boy podcast and so it just keeps going like stronger and stronger and yeah i'm, I'm really blessed to you know have created something because I don't, I don't know if i told the story last time i was on here but th- they contacted me they got my first comedy cd and they contacted me and said hey we've got a magazine for middle school kids uh would you write an article about going back to school and so i wrote this story about me getting this really horrible haircut and right before school started but I thought of a cell phone joke and so I I thought well you know I didn't have cell phones when I was a kid so rather than making it about me even though most of the story was about me I just created this character right there average boy and I uh so I just made him a character and then all these kids started writing in going hey will you let average boy write another article 
so it turned into a monthly column. So it was just weird how it, you know, happened. And now, you know, 20 years later, I'm, you know, writing books and doing podcast interviews as average voice. So it's, it's pretty insane. That's, that's great. I, um, I think that's awesome. I think when I read the average joy book was um, when we, as I live in Memphis, Tennessee. So it's when uh, my family moved to Memphis around the time that I met you, I read that book as it was really like a different transition for me is going from, I used to live in El Paso, Texas to Memphis mm-hmm. is like with everything going on and stuff. I'm like, okay. And reading that book really helped. So I enjoyed it. Oh, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's my hope is it. Cause I, growing up, I read all these funny books. Like I, I really liked books like that were story forms, but that had a lot of comedy in it and stuff. And so I really wanted to put something out there for kids that parents wouldn't be worried about, you know, them reading something that, you know, cause I, I, t- I even talk about in the average voice series, I talk a lot about how it's important to guard your eyes and your heart and, you know, to only let good stuff into your life. So you'll get good stuff out. And so I really want to put something out there that was funny, first of all, you know, that would make kids laugh, but then also would have some encouraging things to, you know, be able to make it through this world. So I appreciate that, man. Oh, no, you read no. that exactly like I emailed you and told you to say it. Exactly. So, and the uh, next, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about dry bar a little bit. I don't think we were able to talk about that the last time. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what we talked about the last time. That was over. Yeah, neither ago. one of us, neither one of us has gone back and listened. So no. Oh. <laughs> 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 um. I yeah. So uh, my train of thought just went. Bee! It's like a little hamster jumps off the wheel, jumps back on the wheel. Um. Yeah. But yeah, let's... get coffee every every once in a while. You yeah, know, every to... once in a while. I just started drinking coffee this past week, and I like it. I used to yeah, not like it. I like it. Yeah, I I drink obviously coffee all day long, but I I didn't start until my freshman year in college. Somebody gave me a little Mr. Coffee Maker mm. and I took it to college even though I didn't drink coffee and about 2 a.m. I was in my dorm room and I was trying to finish this paper um and I looked over and I saw like I had this Mr. Coffee Maker and I like I'm going to try it. And man, it was like the heavens opened up and God was like, I've had this blessing for you all along. And, you know, and so, yeah, it definitely got me through. So I'm glad you're starting it, at, you know, a little before college. That's yeah. that's good. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. On Monday, uh, I was working and uh, I took my break as I was working about a 10 hour shift. So uh, I haven't done one of those in a while. So I took my break, drank a whole coffee in about five, four to five minutes. One of the. Uh, bottled iced coffees. And then, uh, I ran back downstairs. I was like, okay. I was like, I drank coffee and then I drank a Coca-Cola. One of my friends was like, yes, I could tell you're very jittery. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm good. I was like, there's yeah, no used, difference in usual. I used to do this joke, uh, because I, at the time I was drinking too much coffee, but I was like, one time I ran out of coffee and I got on the freeway and I was going to get more coffee and I was passing all these cars and everybody was staring at me. And then I realized, Oh, I forgot my car. <laughs> I used to be that was one of my early early jokes when I was first starting uh now uh back to dry bar how did uh how did that start with you getting in contact with them I think that's really cool 
Oh, the hamster's back on the wheel. You're uh, you're back on track, man. That's impressive. I'm back. Uh, I remember I was out jogging and I got a phone call from a comedian named Dennis Gaxioli. And he had done a dry bar and it was really successful. And he called me and he said, hey, Smiley, um, they had a comic drop out because they filmed three comics in one night. And oh, they had cool. a yeah. And so they had a they had a comic that dropped out. And so he said they called me and said, Do you know, anybody that would be you know really good, but also be able to, you know, to fly out to uh, uh, Provo, uh, Utah and film in like two weeks. And so he goes, I thought of you and I'm just calling before I pitch your name. Like, is that something you're interested in doing? And at the time I because they they had approached me years ago when they first started, but I just had a DVD come out. And so I didn't want to like, cause I just had that material. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to like put out the DVD and then put out a dry bar with the same stuff. And so I needed, I needed a little bit of time to, you know, write a new show and stuff. And so that call came at the perfect time. Uh, one, because I was out of breath and I was tired of jogging. So I needed a good excuse to stop. <laughs> and two, I was like, yeah. So I looked at my show dates and I actually, that Friday night I had open. And so I rerouted my flights and stuff to where I could still make it to my shows on uh, Saturday and Sunday. And so it was a last minute thing where somebody just dropped out. And so I went and did it. And the reason why I have two dry bars, because normally you only get one dry bar special because they have so many comics. But I did you do you film two shows that night. You, you film, you know, the first one and then right. they uh, let everybody get out and they let the, a new crowd in and then you film a second one. But you're supposed to do the exact same show. And so and then that way, if you flub up a line or, you know, something, then they can, you know, patch it in. But you're supposed to do the exact same show the first and second time. But I did my first show and it went so well that I was sitting in the green room backstage and they were letting the new crowd in. And I was like, man, that went so well. I'm going to do a completely different show. <laughs> and so I went out and I did it and you could see the cameraman like looking like, wait a minute, this is different. This is all. And then afterwards the producer even said to me, he goes, why'd you do a second dry bar? Uh, or, you know, why don't you do a second, like a different show? You're supposed to do that. And I was like, well, you know, in case you guys want to put out two specials instead of one. And he even said, he goes, no, you, you only get one like that. We're very clear about that. And they are very clear about that in the, in the contracts and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, you know, just in case. And he goes, well, your first set was great. So we're, you know, we don't need anything else from the second footage, but you know, it's, it's always good to have something. And I was like, well, okay, just, just in case. So then COVID hit and they couldn't film. They couldn't film for like six months. And so I called them up and I was like, hey, guys, I'm just reminding you, I, you know, I did a second set and they were like, oh, yeah, you did. So that's how I ended up getting a dry bar. I kind of gambled on it and it paid off. So I'm going to say something that nobody's probably ever said before. Um, but thank you, COVID, because <laughs> I got a second dry bar special out because of that hey that works for me i mean that's really cool are you the only comedian with two dry bar specials i believe no uh i think there's three more because uh i know the guy who did the very first dry bar was years ago like i'm i'm gonna get this wrong but i think it was like maybe eight or ten years ago 
And so he has since come back and done one. Um, and now they really are kind of open to, because they've been doing it for so long, they're open to comedians coming back. So Dennis Gaxioli, the guy who actually got me on dry bar, um, I think his second special actually comes out maybe this week or next week or Sweet. something. So they're starting to do that. But for a while it was, it was kind of cool to be like the only guy on there that, that somehow weaseled his way into two specials. So, uh, how do you get his last name? Did he eat too many beans? Ah, ah, ah. Ah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, you can edit this, right? Yeah, I could edit this. I could edit Yeah, that's good to know. You can cut that out. <laughs> oh, it is, yeah, it, it's early. Well, somewhat. This is around the time I wake up. So, yeah. But the thing is, I'm like this all day. So, yeah. yeah that's I just know. Me. I've met you. Yeah. Yes, I, yes I know. You, you've met me. So, I'm like this all day. But uh, I think we still have a minute or two, le- a few minutes left. So um, I was able to interview your friend uh, Thor Ramsey about a year and a half ago now. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty cool. I wanted to tell you that is I interviewed him when uh, Church People came out. So that was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm glad to know that you did a podcast with him. So, you know, if I ever have trouble falling asleep, I can listen to that and then yeah. Boom, right? No, oh, I'm just calling Thor out. I'm just, oh. I'm throwing it down. So now, Thor's a great guy. During, actually, during the quarantine, and it, it was right as church people was coming out, um, it was doing really well. And so all of a sudden, people were saying, "Okay, what?" You know, they were contacting Thor, saying, "What do you got next?" And so he called me up, and he was like, have you ever thought about writing a movie script? And I was like, well, you know, kind of a lot of people wanted me to write about, um, you know, me going through uh, the divorce and, you know, all the betrayal and, you know, all the stuff and was going on and watching her get married to this really rich dude and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, And then dealing with being a single dad, trying to raise three boys and all that. Uh, Thor was like, man, that's a, that's a story of redemption and, you know, having to rely on God through just your world crashing in and and stuff like that. And he was like, uh, that would be a really good, encouraging story. And, you know, I was telling him some of the stories about me being a single dad, you know, with just three boys and how our house kind of turned into a frat house and, you know, (laughs) told him about like how many times the firemen, you know, came over to our backyard and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, I think it's a comedy. And so we actually wrote a movie script uh, that we're pitching, you know, right now. Uh, So hopefully I'll be working with him soon. Dude, that's sick. That's so cool. As I was thinking, I'm like, I don't think Bob's done a movie. That would be awesome. I've never done a movie. I get uh, movie scripts. I get two or three a month and, they are terrible. Like they're just the worst <laughs> movie scripts ever. And so, yeah, I've just never, I've never gotten a script that I like that I felt good putting my name on. And um, so, but this one, I was really, really proud of it. Thor and I write really well together. And um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a great movie script. So if we can get, you know, some backers and, and stuff, we can get started. And then I actually got pitched another uh, movie script uh, about a month and a half ago and they've got backers. So I think we're going to start filming Sweet. in January. So, you know, hopefully when I do the fourth podcast, podcast. Uh, with you, um, I can tell you about us filming this movie. 
Mm-hmm. And hopefully I'll have a girlfriend by then. I'm just leaving that out there. So, oh, okay. So we're not going to talk for like 12 years. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> before then. Oh. <laughs> but uh, is there anything else that you would like to discuss or promote even or mention? Or... No. When do you leave for college? Uh, the 13th of August is moving day. Okay, man. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what God does with you, man. He's already doing some great things. Thank you. I am so ready. Um, honestly, you're one of my inspirations as you are so strong in your faith and you're using it for comedy and everything. And I just think it's so awesome. So thank you. Oh, thanks, man. Well, thanks for having me on. No problem. And thank you everybody for listening. And this was this podcast is rigged. Have a wonderful day.